The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. These 12 disciples Jesus sent out instructing them. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, How much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear whom who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head all are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, Jesus called his disciples to come and to follow him. Jesus told his disciples that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And this was not just well, some faraway hope, not a distant fantasy for them. But when Jesus came, the kingdom of heaven, well, it was present. Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. He came to bring salvation. And that's exactly What he was doing. He was saving people, saving them from sin and evil, saving them in a very practical way from pain and from suffering, 
from the despair that their sin had produced. Then Jesus, he told his disciples that they too were to go out. They were to go out with his word, with the good news of the kingdom. He gave them the power and the authority to also free people from evil spirits that were afflicting them. He gave them that power and authority to heal the sick and free people from disease and even to raise people from death to life. So at this point, the disciples, they realize that they are part of something much, much bigger than themselves. Something that was incredibly special. But then Jesus, he delivers this message to them and, well, it comes with a bit of surprise. No, he did not deny any of the wonderful things that he had just promised Yet he turns around and he says, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be dangerous. It's, well, it's going to be painful. Jesus, he told them something that they would all experience both then and later as they went out into the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, he told them that they would face hatred and persecution. He told them how dangerous the world would be for those who stood for the gospel of salvation. He told them that he was sending them out like sheep amongst wolves. They would face dangerous, murderous hatred. Jesus told them that they would suffer for their faith. For him. So on one hand, Jesus told his disciples what a wonderful life he was giving them as his chosen people. But on the other hand, Jesus was telling them how much it was going to cost them to remain faithful to him and to his word. And here in Matthew chapter 10, it's all about being well prepared for this sort of challenge, being prepared for suffering for the sake of Christ, for the sake of our faith, for standing true to that Faith in sharing that truth with others and standing up for Jesus. And it's strange to me that Matthew has put here justification and judgment language. It's in this text that seems to be some sort of a missionary sermon which is addressed not to the outsiders, but here to the insiders, to the apostles, to the disciples, to these workers of the faith. 
Yet even these insiders need to know that their justification, their faith depends on the reality of their relationship with Christ, with Jesus. You see, Christianity today is much in the same. We, as Christians, we face this same dilemma. Why are you Christian? We believe in the grace of God that saves us from sin and evil, right? Are we Christian because our Christian faith promises a life with God, a life of joy and peace, and a life of new hope? Isn't that what the kingdom of heaven is like and brings for us? Isn't that what God's spirit creates right here among us, here and now in the present? We live with this wonderful promise. We celebrate our life as God's people. We believe in that grace of God that saves us from sin and evil. We believe that God forgives us our sins. That's why Jesus came. Jesus lived and died for you. We believe that God's spirit gives us a life with God, a life that is ours through the resurrection of Jesus from death to a new life. Those are God's wonderful promises for us. A wonderful gift for you. And yet, we still struggle. We get stuck in our own conflicts. And that's perhaps the hardest thing for Christians to understand. If our God is so good and so wonderful in these Gifts, these free gifts, then why do we suffer? Why is life so hard for us? People have often asked the question why do good people suffer? Has that been your experience? Have you seen people that you consider too good to go through the awful things that they're going through? Have you suffered and asked why? But who is really good? We like to think of ourselves as good. We compare ourselves to people and think that, well, maybe we're not that bad, at least in comparison to them. But none of us really measure up to God's standard of goodness, do we? And so we believe that we do not earn God's favor by our own goodness. We cannot use our own goodness to bargain for God's favor. But I think that there's another deeper question here. And that is, why do faithful people suffer? 
our faith is our link to the goodness of God. In faith, we live in the mercy of our God. That's where we find all these wonderful gifts and promises of our God. So when we are faithful, the faithful followers, his disciples, why should we suffer? And an even more difficult question to that is, why do faithful Christians suffer for their faith? Following Jesus and standing up for him and your faith Well, it can bring persecution and suffering. So how does that measure up with the promises that Jesus has given you? Today, there are many Christians who are threatened and persecuted for their faith. Yes, some are being targeted and even killed because they are simply Christians. And Matthew chapter 10, it gives us some of Jesus' answers when we have questions like this. When we are suffering because of our faith or when we see Christians that are persecuted for their faith. Matthew chapter 10, it says, The student is not above the teacher nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. When we think of how terribly we might be treated or how terribly other Christians are treated, then it's important for us to remember who, just who it is that we are following. And to remember how Jesus was treated. When he was doing good and speaking the truth, his enemies twisted his words and they accused him of the worst of evils. Christians have often been accused of evil because they will not accept secular rules, the rules that want to control people's faith. They've been treated as criminals when their only crime is refusing to honor corrupt behavior and ways. But Jesus has already warned us that this will happen. Yes, Jesus, our teacher, rabbi, warns us. We are the disciples, followers. Can we expect to be treated better than our teacher? Jesus, the master, we are his servants. Can we expect to be treated better than our master? Jesus came to confront every human lie and every spiritual evil. But that meant that the powers of evil turned and they attacked him. 
when we are disciples of Jesus, we follow Jesus into that same battleground. Therefore, we should not be surprised if we too are attacked and if we too suffer for our faith for Jesus. Being faithful does not mean that we will escape pain and suffering. Being faithful does mean that we are with Christ and Christ is with us. Yes, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, even when we're persecuted. And to this, Jesus said, So do not be afraid. For there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden, that will not be made known. He said, what I tell you in the dark, or go ahead and speak it in the light. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim it from the rooftops. Friends, fear is a weapon. People have always exploited fear. If they can make you afraid, then, well, they can control you with threats. It's a weapon of terrorists and of dictators and of every bully of this day. It's a weapon of this secular world that we live in. And Jesus, he says to us, do not be afraid of people like that. Don't let them control you and manipulate you, even if they threaten you. Because Jesus faced enemies like this. And I cannot think of a time that he showed fear. Yes, he knew the danger and he predicted the fate that was to come. But they never controlled him. He was compelled by his commitment to the truth of God's love and salvation. And he encourages his followers, his disciples to live and to act with that very same conviction. To stand up for your faith, to stand up for Jesus. He says, you do not have to hide, rather to be bold, to be brave, to speak the truth. To share his word. Never be ashamed of who you are and what you stand for in Christ. To be open about your faith. Don't think that you have to tell people what they want to hear. Tell them the truth. The truth that God has given you. And do so openly in the light. Do so loudly from the rooftops. Do it in public. Do it in front of people. Testify to your faith. For you know that in the end, it is God who has spoken the truth. And you are speaking that very same truth 
That is what will be revealed. When you speak that truth, you will be vindicated. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The wrath of God. Again, do not be afraid. We want to have this life that is free of pain and stuff, suffering, an easy life. Jesus, he tells us that there is something much more important than our physical welfare. And that is our spiritual welfare. And that there is a much greater danger than physical persecution. And that is spiritual damnation. The enemies who threaten us cannot take away the life and salvation that Christ gives to us. And the knowledge of that is our strength against pain and threat and ability to accept suffering rather than being manipulated by fear. When we think that we have been forgotten, when we think that maybe we've been abandoned, well, you can see in the text that what he does is he compares us to sparrows. Every little sparrow fluttering around is known by God, and God cares when a little bird suffers and dies. God does care when we suffer. God cares about our life. When we feel that we have been forgotten and that God does not notice what is happening to us, he assures us that he knows all about us. He counts the hairs on your head. And he values every single one of them. He says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my father in heaven. We see what people do here and how Christians are treated here on earth. And Jesus tells us something that we do not see, but that we hold to in our faith. Jesus tells us how he stands up for us before our heavenly father. He calls us to be faithful and to stand up for our faith, to stand up for Jesus. Even when it means rejection, suffering, or threat. He promises to be faithful to you. And he warns us that when we give up on our faith, when we deny our faith, when we turn our backs on Jesus, just like the faithful Peter did, we are giving up so much, much more. We give up our right to stand before God. Our faith is a precious gift from the Spirit of God. With faith, we follow Jesus Christ. With 
faith, we are not controlled by any human power or any evil power. With faith, we are not manipulated by fear and danger. Faithful Christians suffering for the faith, it's so hard for us to understand. But our comfort is that he does know. And he does understand. And he gives us the power to overcome that fear. And he helps us to put all of our sufferings into perspective. The perspective of his love and grace. The love and grace that endures forever. Stand up for that faith. Stand up for that grace and love. Stand up for Jesus and for his word. Jesus loves you. And there's no one that can take that from you. Be steadfast in your faith. Fear, love, and trust in God above all things. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen.